2: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
3: Welcome to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Hopefully you uh, are in the car doing a little traveling, but not going to a big gathering so you can listen to the podcast and uh, catch up on some previous episodes if you missed them. We got Andrew Marshan from the New York Post on Straight media news podcast this week with uh, Marshan. We talk about um, him breaking that story last week that Jim Nance wants Tony Romo money. We talk about what's going on with the Dan Lebertard show at ESPN, uh, the state of NFL announcing, um, what's going on with NFL ratings, and we get into a couple of other news items from the sports media world with Andrew. If you missed any previous episodes and want to catch up, We had The Undertaker from WWE on last week, which was really cool. Jim Nance was on a couple of weeks ago. Kirk Herbstreit, a recent guest. Peter Schrager, Ernie Johnson. You can check all those out in the archives. And if you can subscribe to the podcast, that helps tremendously. I would be thankful on this Thanksgiving week. And uh, if you can rate, review, that really is great. But just subscribing is what helps the most. All right. I appreciate it. And uh, let's get right now to this week's episode with sports media columnist from the New York Post, Andrew Martian. all right joining me now on the si media podcast regular first time on the video on youtube we're on youtube now this is big we've got andrew marshall huge yeah andrew Marshan.
4: that's why people want to hear us talk about sports media because we are on the cutting
3: edge yep let me give you the proper intro andrew Marshan, sports columnist from the new york post and the man last week who sent everyone into a frenzy by breaking the story that Jim Nance wants Tony Romo money. So let's start there. Um, Well, let's start very simply. Is there any chance at all Jim Nance would ever leave CBS?
4: It seems unthinkable. I think it's a very small chance. I don't foresee that, um, which obviously hurts his negotiating position. That said, You get into these things, I've seen a million times in baseball, where if someone else uh, value you at a much higher level, then things change even after 30 plus years in a a very nice relationship.
3: I I have to say, I was shocked to read in your article due to your diligent reporting that Nance only makes 6.5 million a year or something like that. Um, which I know now people listening to this are like, oh, you're an asshole. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I got it. But when you compare it to the Buck and Tirico salaries, which you had in there, and you factor in that Nance does the Masters, college basketball, and the NFL, um, I was surprised the salary was only $6.5 million. What's your take on that?
4: I think that's a product of when uh-huh. their contracts have come up. So Tirico, um, is a little bit murky, but has recently signed a new contract that got him near that $10 million range. Uh, And then Buck, I think, when they had Thursday Night Football, they redid – I think I might have read a story, actually. They redid his contract, so I think that got him in the $10 million range. So, yes, you're right. He's making a good amount less right now, but I think it's just a matter of where his contract lined up. And now, in theory, Nance should be in that neighborhood, um, which – is still uh you know on the major suburbs outside of where tony romo is living but not a bad salary
3: the tarika one is fascinating to me because and i don't begrudge the salary you get whatever you can get i'm just I, i'm not talking about the salary but i'm looking at the work um you know because he's sort of blocked from doing nfl because of al and then he's getting that big of a salary to do basically fringe events you know horse racing and you know, whatever. You're missing what, one though. Six Notre Dame football games, or something. But the Olympics. All right. I mean, I guess. But yeah.
4: What do you mean, the Olympics? I figured do you want? He's the host of the Olympics.
3: Yeah, I guess that that that's. Um, I mean,
4: but you're right. No, but you're right yeah. on the other stuff. He is behind Al on the uh, on Sunday Night Football, and you know, obviously wants to do that. Um, doing Notre Dame, he does a lot of events. So, yeah. But 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 you're right. He he doesn't. He's not. They sort of made an investment in that this is our next guy after Costas, after Al, and that hasn't totally come to fruition as of yet.
3: I my prediction on that is I, I think that whole NBC situation is going to get a little bit dicey because I don't think Al ever I don't think Al is going to want to leave, and NBC has no case to make about Al should leave because he's still as good as anyone calling the NFL on Sunday nights.
4: So well, if you I mean, push him out. You're
3: pushing him out solely because of two reasons: his age, and because you're paying Tarico, and you don't want to pay two people.
4: Yeah, I mean you could look at it that yeah. way, but I mean um, Al does still do a very good job, um, and he might be able to go on for a long time. I've asked him how long he wants to do it. He says he doesn't know. Right. So he'll be 77 uh, after I think he's turned 77. When he does the Super Bowl next year in LA in 2000, not next year, but be 2022 at that point. Um, So, I mean, you do have to kind of build for the future. He said that he's not going to pull Vince Scully and go as long as he is. He is cutting back a little bit. There are those bye weeks.
3: Yep. Coming uh, so, up this week, actually.
4: Yeah, I got a double bye this week, Um, <clears> and so uh, which is, I love. NBC doing the double bye. <laughs> it's a day off, I mean, whatever. It's a week off, but uh, it's a good little uh, semantics game there. But um. Yeah, so, so but I, I see your point. You do kind of have to transition and they were trying to be proactive so you don't get in that Monday Night Football ESPN thing where you're constantly trying to uh, fulfill the spot and you keep failing.
3: But, uh, getting back to Nance for a sec. Um, what when it, When is his contract with CBS up? I believe in June. June. All right, so they got some time. Yeah. Um, what do you, if you had to just make a prediction based off of nothing, what do you think he ends up getting from CBS?
4: Mm, it doesn't really serve my purposes, reporting out, but I will say uh, 10 and a half, 11, or buckets. So that's not 30. really
3: close to the Romo salary then.
4: It's still ridiculously high, but yes, it's not close to Romo, which is well. But economically
3: Fair, but if yes. you compare the amount of work Nance does to what Romo does, just in terms of the amount,
4: Yes. So here's the thing. So, so there's, there's two arguments here. Here's the thing. Jim Nance has been there for 30 years. He does the NFL. He does um, basketball. He does golf. So he does all those things. So if you say, well, loyalty wise, he should be the highest paid person on the air at CBS. Then you have that's one argument. That's generally not how it works in terms of negotiations. It's leverage. Tony Romo. We've talked about it before. I've written about a million times. Every single domino fell for him. I mean, I could go into everything from the Super Bowls switching this year, where NBC was originally supposed to have it, now it's CBS's, to Viacom's stock price going down right before the negotiations really were at their head, um, to Monday Night Football not having a person to put in there uh, who was a a short thing and and they want him badly because the NFL deals are upcoming. So that worked out perfectly for Romo. They played it very well, and he ended up getting $17.5 million, $180 million, over 10-year full value. Uh, Nance doesn't really have that leverage, so maybe he can get there, and maybe he wants that. I'm not sure if he gets there fully. Uh, and also, the other issue, one more thing. The other issue, I think, with CBS is that they have Ian Eagle, who could easily do um, the NFL, uh, the Super Bowl, and could do the final four. Now, golf, Andrew Catalon's good. He's not there at the Eagle Nance level, but they have somebody that CBS did not have somebody else who could put in at Dan Foucher. They were letting go as their number two. They didn't have a number two to just slide up.
3: They also have Harlan. If, you know, they want yeah, to Yeah, they have Harlan as well. Where so they then, give uh, Ian maybe the lead NFL and then Harlan could get the final four. You, you flip it. Um, is there anyone outside of the jim nance family who wants him to get the tony romo money more than joe buck
4: oh yeah well it's interesting to see when you write this stuff i mean i don't try not to go too crazy looking at my mentions but Mm -hmm. there are people who support the nance you know getting the money um so outside of joe buck yeah sure joe buck that would be good for him again 10.5 is livable um, but you know, everyone it's good. Here's the thing. I, we, the, the business is a very jealous business. Um, and so, uh, if you can get past your jealousy and realize you're calling these a major events and you're making multiple millions of dollars, uh, again, maybe that's, maybe I'm different, but it's like, yes, you always, everyone wants more and you want to get the most. Um, and you, and you always should do that in your negotiations, of course, but in the same light, it's like, I don't know they're making plenty of money so i don't feel necessary i thought it was funny that they mentioned it on the air the
3: other day oh it was phenomenal that joe did that. that that's that's that fits joe buck's personality though he you know he has a good sense of humor um yeah when i wrote about it um most people in my mentions were saying like one it's ridiculous for nance to ask for that kind of money during a pandemic Okay, his contract's up in June, whether there's a pandemic or not, so they got to... Yeah, go I don't think that... I DLs. mean, again,
4: yeah. it, it's a little like that's hmm. not... This happens to be when his contract comes up. and Right. That happens to be the market. I mean...
3: Right. Um, switching gears and speaking of contracts, um, it, there's this weird thing that seems to be going on all the time with the Dan Lebitard show on ESPN radio. The one thing... Before we get into the future, and, and the latest is that, um, you know, there were massive layoffs at ESPN, they had laid off a producer, Dan Hyder him back, but why is the overall vibe that ESPN doesn't really care about or respect the Lebertard show? What is that about exactly? Does anyone know?
4: Well, I think the first thing it's about is that on terrestrial radio, which is the radio station's around the country it doesn't really work fully uh because you really have to listen to the show not religiously but pretty close to that because it there's just a lot of intricacies to it and there's there's a lot of skill to what they do uh but it's not necessarily like a mass market show which is what espn radio again i related mike and mike to applebee's and that's what espn radio is it's not necessarily selling in new york now they do have some local shows you know, get, get your local restaurants here with K and et cetera, and ESPN New York and, and around the country, there are local shows, but like, it's more of, we're trying to serve the masses. Um, and the Lebitard show doesn't really do that. I mean, like if you listen, like I listened to, I had one of my, when I first wrote this, that they were kind of headed towards a breakup uh, a couple of months ago, uh, you know, the next day, you know, Dan was just saying, sports, sports, you know, kept saying like sports because, you know, in the article had mentioned, uh, that they don't necessarily talk about sports as much. If you just turned on the show for the first time, you'd have no idea what is going on. Man. Now uh, they have a very loyal audience that works probably on a digital or subscriber based uh, works better. I should say on a subscriber based platform. Um, and you know, ultimately that's where it will go. I, I wrote that, you know, months and months ago when I first wrote this story, you know, um, you know, he's probably destined to end up at Spotify or maybe start his own thing or Sirius XM. Um, that, that seems like where he's headed. up Now the one thing is with Levitard though, is he's employing a lot of people and it's easier to do that in somebody else's dime. I mean, you start um, having to be the one, you know, in charge of all that. Um, that's a lot to, uh, to, you know, to, to have to take care of. And also the idea, you know, he talks a lot about that. He, Negotiates freedom. I mean, to a point. I mean, like the show doesn't do everything they want to do. They don't talk about everything he's wanted to talk about. You know, if it was just his show, he would be more into the election. Uh, it's obvious. You know, he, he went there a little bit, but not fully. Um, and you know, the one thing is like, you know, he, he the, when they laid off um, Chris Cote, uh, who was one of the producers. Uh, the son of Greg Cody, who's the Miami Herald columnist who's on the show um, a lot. Uh, I mean, like this is what happens when you're not in the, you know, you're not a, like I shouldn't say not a star. He's still a star, but not in the fold as much. They don't ask you what they should do. You know, they just do it when you're one of like Scott Van Pelt. Like I, I think he's in Stephen A is in the good fold that if they had somebody who was close to one of them that they were thinking about laying off. I think they probably would have gotten a heads up and maybe would have been able to save them uh, before it happened. So, uh, yeah, it's obvious where this is going.
3: Yeah, it just seems to me like there's just some kind of weird disconnect there where you have this show. Like you said, it's not for everyone. You got to really listen regularly to get a lot of the references. But I think it's, you know, it has a big, loyal vocal following, which is, you know, a very good thing in radio. And, you know, they just they installed this new morning radio show, which I have not heard one word about from anybody ever. I don't know what the ratings are, but you can't possibly have less buzz or or get less attention. So it's kind of a don't get, you know, what the thought process there when it comes to the radio side.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that show is thrown together a little bit. I mean, I think originally they wanted Max Kellerman and Keyshawn Johnson together. Um, right, but and, that's my
3: point about, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but like Keyshawn Johnson is not like some national figure that America is like clamoring to hear. Like, again, if you have a World Series or um, NBA Finals, like, well, why are you listening to Keyshawn Johnson the morning after those games? It, uh, you know, that's just. Look,
4: I'll that. write about this at some point, like I've listened to that show a lot, you know, just sort of, uh, get a feel for it. And I'll probably write about it um, in more detail at some point. But I think one thing that I would say is that Keyshawn on the radio is more of a number two than a number one. So it's kind of built around a number two. Uh, and so to your point that it's like when you make the star of the show and he's really a number two, and that's not really an insult to Keyshawn, he just not. And he, he actually is more of a radio guy. Like when you listen and, you know, and he's been doing it for a few years and, uh, you, you can tell he understands a lot of it mm-hmm. um, and and it's pretty good actually in my opinion but he's still a number two you still need that person to drive the show um, he's not necessarily driving the show and I have Zubin in there so um yeah the show is they, they kind of want to be bland I just don't think ESPN values radio enough right. I think they, they, they look too much at like what the revenue sheets say and act as if like that's the only thing that you're You have to be, um, um, you know, chained to, and there's more to it. Like that's a ESPN radio, regardless of it doesn't make as much money as TV. It's a lot, it's a way a lot of people touch the brand and hear the brand and think about the brand, um, which is important, especially with the distribution so easy. So there's so much more competition than they've ever had before. So I think they devalue or undervalue radio in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I mean it just seems like we're in a time right now with radio where you've got to have like some a really dynamic personality, it seems like, to break through, or you do what Lebertard does and create this family almost. You know, you know, you've seen it with McAfee, um, who's, you know, been able to build um, you know, a big following because he's so outlandish. Um, and that ESPN Morning Show. I don't know. I don't know who they're trying to. I guess. I think we may. have, You and I may have discussed this before. I guess they're just trying to appeal to like you know, fifty-year-old Joe Schmo in Middle America who is taking his kids to school. And although there's COVID, so I don't know if that's going on. But you know what I mean. Like, uh, and just you know, giving you. This yeah, typical I think. Well, I think the show. thing
4: is, most people listen to radio for ten minutes, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of, uh, we're all kind of more home than ever before. Uh, So if you have a smart, smart speaker like Alexa, you know, it's a different, um, it's different how it's, you know, um, ingested. Uh, So radio in your car, is something, and hopefully that'll come back when we get back to more normal society again. But, uh, but it's hard because now there's so many choices. And so um, it hasn't necessarily cut through, that's
0: for sure.
2: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith show podcast on the iHeartRadio radio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
3: Speaking of getting back to normal and, and um, everything being upside down this year, the NFL has gotten some strong ratings for this past week. NBC finally got over 20 million for the chiefs and uh, Raiders Sunday night. CBS had a good week. Fox had a good week. I think, Again, I've said this a billion. Anytime you talk about ratings for any sport, whether they're up or down, it's not one reason or one factor. There are always multiple factors in play. I do think a big factor, though, here is that the election is over. And I expect the NFL to end up with some strong ratings here to close out the season um, because the election is over. Do you agree or disagree? That
4: makes sense. I think Hmm. if you look at election years historically, that – sports tv ratings are down uh this year um was particularly different because of the pandemic and it pushed sports into different schedules which um which even if let's say you had an nba game a finals game on a tuesday that still could affect viewing on a sunday in the sense of like people normal people only have so many hours that they can um invest in watching sports and And so
3: and that's in a regular year you have people whose lives have been turned upside down because of this pandemic so i do think if you have kids at home or doing homeschooling and all that stuff you may not be able to get in front of the tv for four hours to watch
4: a hundred percent so um to answer your question i think this year you kind of have to throw out a little bit um i think you know people wanted to make it into you know look here's the thing my bottom line on ratings is everyone seems to have like a theory on everything why i mean talk to people who actually uh who do this for a living who study it for a living they generally speaking don't can't necessarily point to this is it they usually say yeah, it could be this could be that and they can't so i i you know i understand there are bloggers who are very knowledgeable who know everything um you know and talk show hosts but they could be wrong i mean i just i'm just gonna put that I out i sense sarcasm
3: <laughs> you sense correctly i mean listen the bloggers know all about the ratings business and everyone on Twitter knows about, you know, the, uh, the virus and, and how it affects your lungs and heart and everything. Everyone, we have experts all over the place.
4: Well, look, here, and here's the thing. Some people have some good points. I mean, I'm not going to say like, no, nobody has good points about any of these things. I just know, like you're a big Yankee fan. Like when I covered the Yankees, like every, everybody on Twitter knew who like Joe Girardi uh, should bring in, in the seventh inning. Of course. i like Joe Girardi thought about it more. Yeah was smarter than most of the people and had more information than most of the people. So his results might not have been and I didn't really I didn't get along great with Joe Girardi. It's not like I'm the Joe Girardi defender, but but you put all those factors in and um, I think his decisions probably were better. Even if they didn't work out were better than the guy on Twitter.
3: I just I just wish people, you know, everyone comes at it sort of from their own agenda. But I just wish people who discussed ratings understood that it's not based on one factor and it's based on multiple factors. I think the election was a huge factor. So I think and, you know, the NFL was lucky, unlike MLB and NBA and NHL, they their schedule was not altered. They're playing when they would always play, you know, the same weeks, same time, same networks. You know, the NBA and MLB were just absolutely thrown upside down. So that's why I think you'll see some good ratings here um, to close out the season. I, you know, we mentioned Nance. I might as well bring this up since it's the week for it. I had Nance on a couple of weeks ago and I told him it's time for the NFL to get rid of the tradition of the lions and Thanksgiving. And he made a good point about no matter what game you put there, the games are the two Thanksgiving, all the three Thanksgiving games. Now they're always going to get a huge rating. So you might as well just leave the Lions there. What's your do you want? Are you would you like to see the Lions removed from the early slot on Thanksgiving or keep it there and throw them a bone? Cause
4: yeah, I kind of like the tradition, but um, mm. look, would you rather have a better game? What do we got Thursdays? Detroit and who?
3: The Texans.
4: Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, but it's like kind of, I don't know, it's almost a tradition of you know, you get the, the hot dogs out and the you know, pigs in the blanket early and you got the Lions on. Um, it's sort of, I don't know. There's something comforting about them having a terrible game.
3: Yeah. Um, what do we know anything about what's going on at Fox with their pregame shows with the COVID, like they had to replace their whole cast this week, Did, but there was not really a ton of information out there about it. Is it just like the precaution that we keep hearing about or.
4: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the first time I, I, I wrote that story about the college, uh, uh, big noon kickoff. Um, and that I didn't write it, but it turned out urban Meyer, had COVID. So, you know, the rules, you know, pretty obvious. They're in a room where they're not, you know, they're not socially distanced very far and they're not wearing masks. So those people all need to be quarantined. Um, I don't know exactly who had it on the NFL shows, but I, I think it might've been somebody, you know, with the crew, uh, but same situation where people have to be quarantined. So, um, you know, I think they're taking the proper precautions from what I understand, but it's, uh, you know, they got hit twice. So um,
3: I'll say know, this. Maybe do more. Yeah. I, I saw a little Sunday. Chris Myers is a great host. He's yeah, a really, better, really better good host.
4: host. Better host than Play by Play guy. But he's really, really good. Good host. Yeah, definitely.
3: Um, and the other thing that I thought was interesting uh, so, Greg Olson was supposed to go to Fox next year to be their number two NFL analyst work with Kevin Burkhart. He got injured this week and said, he's not going out like this. Sounds like he's going to play again next year. So I wonder if Fox, do they stick with Daryl Johnston on that number two team or, um, that's an interesting one there. If uh, that throws a whole sort of wrench into the Fox plans for their number two NFL team.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's two things. Number one, um, he only played this year because he got such a big contract from Seattle. So that was number one. Now I didn't see that quote. It, I also heard though, originally that maybe he'd be able to come back this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Is that, I don't know if you saw anything different. I don't
3: know. I, I just know he said he didn't want his career to end this way. So. Gotcha. Oh, that's
4: understandable. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, to answer your question, let's just say he does not um, start when his contract is just, it, it, it begins when he stops playing. So yeah. he has the right to keep playing. Uh, yeah, they might just go Moose Johnston again, keep it simple. Um, you know, the only guy, and there's been kind of mixed reviews in terms of what people thought of Jonathan Vilma. I think more people like him than not, but it hasn't been like home run, like he should be number in the number two booth next year. Um, but, but he's definitely kind of on the way up. Uh, so I could see that maybe, you know, if, if, if maybe they put Vilma in there. Uh, but uh, beyond that, I don't think there's somebody – um, who necessarily is uh, going to be put in there.
3: Did you – I didn't hear any of it because I, I can't sit there on a Sunday and watch Washington and Detroit. Did you hear any of uh, Tlaib, uh, the Tlaib? I week? did. And I did. He got a lot of attention on Twitter. What was your summation?
4: Yeah, so it was Red Zone. You know, That's what I watch. Yeah, uh, prominently. So I'm going in and out. But, look, I thought he was good, I think, with a really good play-by-play guy. And maybe – I'm not a big three-man booth person but he might be good with three man but he need to be he needs to be led into the right places like late in the game uh he was talking too much about like defensive back play when you really need to be talking about the game situation. Um but he was different he was raw and the thing that he did have that you could build on is he's very natural. He wasn't trying to be something and I think that's something that like again I've mentioned this before about Romo. I think that's kind of like the ingredient right. that he has. He's just very natural He's not contrived. He's not trying to be something um, else, and I think that would really separates him. Um, it's a very relaxed uh, broadcast that he, you know, that he has, um, and so I think uh, Tlaib had that, which is a real good quality.
3: Yeah, I, I want to hear him next time he calls a game because I just, I just think with the NFL, it's just, you know, McAfee had that rant about everyone sucks, oh, yeah. and you know, without naming names, which I thought was weak. I think you got to name names in that. So if you're calling out everybody, yep. um, but I will say it's it's so you know clearly well clearly to me, CBS and Fox they don't want to rock the boat or upset the Apple Cart, or whatever terrible analogy you want to use. They want like these cookie cutter guys, which makes no sense because the guy who's the best, Romo, is unique because of his personality. You'd think they'd go get more guys like a Talib. Instead of giving you the, the retreads. Uh, I, I don't I don't know if they're just trying to keep the NFL happy by not you know, like I don't think McAfee like I don't think McAfee would I could see Fox maybe hiring him. I don't like ESPN and CBS would never hire McAfee to call games. It's just not a fit for those networks.
4: Well, but, but there's a got fine it. line. There's a fine line though, because like yeah, Romo worked. Like nobody really knew before and everyone's and CBS deserves full credit. Um, but Nobody knew for sure that Romo was going to be a superstar. I mean, everyone knows right. now, of course, and they knew with that first game, you know, people were on it quick. I know you were with your quick tweet. But you got to give them um, But
3: They made him the lead analyst.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they did. They had a problem with Sims, and, you know, they they, they identified uh, Tony and, you know, uh, you know, Sean McMahon as David Burson, and they they went after him hard and, and made that happen. Um, and so, yeah, you give you give them full marks because they took that chance and it worked. Um, that said, like, for these other so, but it, but the, the opposite though it doesn't work right, and then you have sixteen games of people just being annoyed, right. and they rather not annoy people. And I think at the essence of a broadcast, as negative as this might sound, is like the broadcast crew. You don't want them to annoy you. We all have people right. we listen to when they right. annoy you the whole game, and so when you take a chance, you it, it, two things. You you have a more potential to have someone who just interferes with the game. And number two, it's not that easy to find. There oh. aren't that many people who sound good who are different. Yeah. You know, and like, so that's and, and that's why I don't think they develop. But see, that's where to me, like <clears throat> your six seventh team. If I was running it, my six seven team, you get two years if you're not moving up, or you know, maybe you're blocked, or we don't really think you're moving up, then we're gonna move on to the next person. And that's where you're developing. And I really feel like you kind of could develop your stars. And if you look at like ESPN's crew on Monday night. I mean, I think again, this would have taken some really good planning on the executive level. But if you end up with Lewis Riddick joining Steve Levy and Brian Greasy, why not spend the previous college season having the three of them work together? Mm -hmm. Now I get it, they wanted Romo and they hadn't really they didn't know who they would go if they didn't get Romo. I mean they had million plans, but in terms of internally, you need to figure that out a year in advance. This is where we're gonna go internally and then let them work together and then and then you have something. Uh, now now instead you have a Monday night crew that's you know trying to do it on the run
3: I thought the Monday night crew had their best game last night I thought levy was really good on the Bucks Rams game my issue with the Monday night crew is it's not about that it just have two people in the booth I, I don't understand why there needs to be three but um, that's yeah I think there's too middle. much talking yeah. too
4: much talking not enough um, you see you don't have to yeah. analyze every play and then yeah. when you have three people that ends up happening
3: yeah um, I'm going to give you a weird one here before we wrap up. Um, So Jeopardy announced today that they're going to continue production November 30th. They're going to rotate some guest hosts starting with Ken Jennings. Is there a sports media man or woman who you think could be good in that role and get that. Well, forget getting the job because the sports person most likely won't. But is there someone you'd like to see get a crack at it? Because that is one of the top jobs in all of television.
4: Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who probably could do that job. Um, But do it well uh like i'm not a used like i've watched it i'm not a used jeopardy guy I, I just think there's a lot i mean van Pelt. um you know we talked about nance ian eagle um who else costas but you know he probably you know a little bit older and i to do it um uh I, I think there's a lot of people dan patrick yeah. is a guy who could do it um you know, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of people I think who could host a show like that um, and, and do it well and kind of have some cool comments, rejoinders. Um, Burkhart, ooh, Kevin Burkhart would be good.
3: He'd be good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah.
4: He's Van Pelt would thoughts. be good. Yeah, Van Pelt would be good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope people.
3: they, I hope they, if they're going to go with the guest host route for a little while, I hope they put some sports people in there. Um, so, we got thanksgiving this week give me give me something in sports media you're most thankful for. not covering Mike frances anymore. I thought it might be coming <laughs> out of your mouth with that question um, I'm most
4: thankful for
3: I in mean sports just, media I
4: don't know I mean it's a boring answer, but you know just, the ability to make a living doing this—that's a terrible, you terrible, <laughs> I terrible the answer. Bad answer. Not a good answer.
3: Uh, I'm talking about an announcer, right. a, a show, a a trend, a something, a Twitter I'm account. Thinking. I'm,
4: thinking. I'm thinking. A video, oh, yeah. something. Oh well, um, I'm sorry. Th- what am I saying? Th- um, I'm thankful for. Um, when decisions like the boogermobile are made. Okay. <laughs> that makes my job easier, but that's old news. That's a good one. No, that's uh, a good one. uh, the a good I, Um, yeah, I, yeah. I'm thankful for that. Um,
3: uh, I know. Yeah, I, put I don't sp- know. Yeah. That's yeah,
4: a tough one. I don't but know. You're we, supposed
3: to reflect this week. You're supposed to reflect. Think about it. Tell you know,
4: me. I haven't reflects Tuesday. It's been such a shitty this. year.
3: You got to try to think of something positive that has happened.
4: I did. I gave you a saying positive. You said he was born. Who's that? I, see, I gave you something positive. You said it was boring.
3: Oh, that you that thankful to have a job. Yeah, yeah I mean, a job. of course. Yeah, that's, that's, I, yeah. that's not All exciting. Right.
4: I got. I know, not excited. You didn't say you. you said what something exciting that you're thankful for. I didn't know I'm always have. Like, to are you thankful perform. for the
3: Chris Russo show, Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius? Yeah, I X7. like a
4: little. Yeah, I'm thankful for Mad Dog when he says funny things. Yeah, that uh, that you tweet out or that's hilarious. Um,
3: we'll get to COVID. Like yes. He's having doctors on to talk about COVID. It's,
4: it's so, like, for people who didn't see this is that the day before he did this whole rant about how he's going to, when the vaccine was, you know, first the 95% um, news came out, he said he would take the vaccine and he has a thing. He's been saying this forever about his fanny. They can just shoot it up right in my fanny. For whatever reason, he he says that. I don't know why, but he does. Yes, um, a- then Boomer and Geo Geo did a good impersonation of the whole thing. And later that day. He, you know he's doing his opening. I'm listening. You know he's saying we're going to talk about the whatever Thursday night football. We're going to talk about this, that, and there we'll do some COVID.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a sport at this point. It's like, a sport.
4: A, it's like we'll do a little, yeah. co- we'll do a little COVID four o five after whoever Green on. I wrote <laughs> something
3: this week, last week. Like, what was it? it? Oh, it was the it was the anniversary of the Cal Stanford play with the band on the field, and I said, you know, everyone plays that game about I wish Twitter was around four. And that play would be one of those things. I play the game. I wish Mike and the Mad Dog were around. Like I wish Mike and the Mad Dog together discussing COVID would just be the most insane, error-filled, hilarious (laughs) sports radio that's ever taken place.
4: Yeah, The beauty of it when they would talk about these other things is they talked about them like they were sports. Right. Like after when we went to Afghanistan after 9-11, I mean, I remember vividly. Francesca is saying they have, you know, they're going to have home field advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's now it's 20 years later. Yeah. You have a lot. I mean, it's just You can't um, make that up. Like, we're yeah. going to have home field advantage. Um, so I great. think that's the key. Yeah. So then yeah. talking about COVID would be uh, because also the other thing is, You did this the other day. You tweeted what you said. Oh, you tweeted out ESPN plus getting uh, the uh, Sunday Sunday tickets. I I got no information. Like I've heard Chris say a number of times in his career, like, I don't know anything about this subject, yada, yada, yada. And then give a huge opinion.
3: Right. (laughs) Right.
4: I know nothing about this. Here's my huge opinion about it that I'm blasting out to all my listeners.
3: Uh, He's the best. He's the best. Right. He's very
4: entertaining, very uh, I'm glad job.
3: we got to do a little Mike in the Mad Dog for two minutes here at the end. It's Thanksgiving. Give give the New Yorkers uh, a little something there to his show. His show is as good as ever. So it's just it's so crazy. He, it's it's just.
4: Yeah, he's good. He's very good at his job. He's, Here's the thing. It,
3: it all goes by what you want from Sports Talk Radio. I want like I don't agree with probably at least half of the things he says, but I want one thing. Entertain me. Of course. And he and... entertains.
4: And also, it's just how he talks too.
3: Yeah, like, you know the malaprops. He couldn't say Rob Gronkowski the other day. He tried like three times and then just said the tight end. He gave up. It was great. Um, all right. Well, I, thank you for coming on. Have a healthy and happy Thanksgiving. How
4: long do we go? How long did we go? I don't want a timer on this.
3: Thirty-five minutes.
4: And you said what? You said thirty. 30. You ne- yeah. you've never hit the mark once.
3: Well, I didn't. I didn't expect to do the mic and the mad dog at the end you really have you, have you listened to our back to our shows ever well i was trying to keep it tight but have right. a have a healthy and happy thanksgiving keep it to under 10 people i don't want cuomo to arrest you <laughs> and uh i'm sure we'll talk to you again soon here on the uh, si media podcast thank you andrew all right thanks man all right take care all right my thanks to andrew for coming on the podcast during this busy week if you missed any previous episodes of the SI Media Podcast, you can check them out in the archives. We had The Undertaker on from WWE last week, which was cool. Jim Nance, recent guests, as well as Peter Schrager, Ernie Johnson, Kirk Street, all in the archives, so you can subscribe and listen to those. And uh, I appreciate you listening on this busy Thanksgiving week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care.